I changed my mind about what I was going to speak on just this morning. So I'm a little uh, nervous. I'm just, I shouldn't be admitting that. Uh, but we were going to talk, I was going to talk about something else when I went to bed last night. And uh, anyway, um, this has been burning in me, so I'm going to give it a go. So um, I want to talk about another of our values. And uh, it's our value, the, the value that we place on uh, the person and work of the Holy Spirit. Now, that's a bit of a funny thing to say as a value because it's also a doctrine. Uh, he is, he is God. Uh, but also, we want to say that uh, one of our priorities, maybe that's a better way is, uh, of putting it, is we want to be open to the ministry of the Spirit. Now, I'm just going to be really honest with you. Um, Andy and I, both of us, over the last few months, really, we've been rediscovering uh, truths about Jesus and about how amazing and wonderful he is. We've been rediscovering uh, lots of things and discovering some things for the first time. And a lot of that has come through a little series of books that we've been reading, both of us, that we have loved. Um, and uh, the first is, uh, uh, we've mentioned them, our books of the month and books of the week, uh, by a guy called Mike Reeves. Um, the latest was a book called Rejoice and Tremble, which is on the, the fear of God. Um, uh, the Good God by Mike Reeves. Uh, Christ Our Life, uh, with the first book is about the Trinity. The second is about Jesus. And then we are just mesmerized by this book. We're going to talk about it more in the weeks to come. Gentle and Lowly by Dane Ortland. Now, both of these guys are conservative evangelicals. And we are regarded as swinging on the chandeliers charismatics. And I need to say that the teaching of these conservative evangelicals is the best teaching I have ever heard on the basis of what charismatic Christianity is supposed to be. And I don't think they realise that. This is it's the best because it's supposed to be all about Jesus. It's supposed to be about loving Jesus more, about experiencing him, about knowing him, not just understanding things about him, but knowing him in the context of friendship. And um, as, we've, as we've rediscovered these truths and as we've learned new truths, we've, we've, I've certainly tried to, 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 to tell about them. And sometimes I've been gutted, as I've told my friends and others, um, that I've just been met with blank looks. And it's like, let me tell you about this that I just discovered about Jesus. Let me tell you this quote. And then it's like, I'm thinking, why aren't you taking your clothes off and running around naked, shouting at the top of your voice? This is amazing. Sorry about the image, but that's how I think of it. Uh, or why aren't, you, why aren't you just reacting? And I've been puzzled by that. Um, I just want to read you a few quotes from some of these books that are just brilliant, I think. And then you can look blank, but because I can't see you, I won't know. They're nearly all, actually, from Dane Ortland in Gentle and Lowly. He says this, It is the most counterintuitive aspect of Christianity that we are declared right with God, not once we begin to get our act together, but once we collapse into honest acknowledgement that we never will. I love that. 
It's not about when I get my act together. It's when I collapse into honest acknowledgement that I never will. That's when he declares me right with God. Here's another one. Your salvation is not merely a matter of a saving formula, but of a saving person. And sometimes we've rightly, we've talked about the doctrine of the cross and we need to, we need to, and how Jesus died in our place and uh, how he took our sins on himself and our sorrows and our suffering and rose from the dead and broke the power of death. But occasionally we've, we've, we've looked at it as like a formula, you know, and we've looked at it as something that he did rather than the heart behind it, his beating heart, which is about who he is. We are saved by Jesus on the cross. We are not saved by a cross. We are saved by Jesus who is the friend of sinners, who is gentle and lowly, who is humble of heart. Here's another. I love this. Here is the promise of the gospel and the message of the whole Bible. In Jesus Christ, we are given a friend who will always enjoy rather than refuse our presence. Now, I just lie down and think about that. Just turn the lights off and just spend a few hours. He will always enjoy rather than refuse my presence. He, even when I'm at my worst, he enjoys my presence. He created me that I might be with him. And he looks, he loves my presence. I love his presence. I forgot that he loves my presence. Always, always stick that in your pipe and smoke it. Jesus, this is this I love. In Revelation 3, uh, there's the, a list of letters um, uh, to various churches that Jesus uh, writes in, in Revelation. And one is the letter to the church in Laodicea. And Jesus says to the church um, that they are wretched, pitiful, poor, blind, and naked. That's what he says to them. You are wretched, pitiful, poor, blind, and naked. And then he says in Revelation 3.20, Behold, I stand at the door, your door, and knock. If anyone opens the door, uh, I will come in and eat with them and them with me. He's saying to a church that is wretched, pitiful, poor, blind and naked, I'm knocking on your door. If you open it, I'll come in and I'll, have, I'll eat with you. The implication, get it, is Jesus wants to eat with the wretched, the pitiful, the poor, the blind and the naked. That means he wants to eat with me. He wants to have breakfast, lunch and dinner with me. He wants to do that today. And today, as we've said, is my birthday. 
And actually on that, I just got to say a little digression. Mm. Um, I'm coming to yours for, you for my birthday tea. The boys are very excited. And I'm very excited. And Andy said something yesterday that shocked me to me. He said to me yesterday, as they were leaving my house, because we're in the bubble together, yeah. uh, he said, make sure that you come hungry tomorrow. And I was like, I have known you for how long? 17 years. 17 years. And it's like, what a stupid thing to say to me. <laughs> what an utterly... Make sure you come hungry. <laughs> when have I ever come not hungry? <laughs> you know? And, and it's, it's left me... I, I need to tell you, I, I'm so excited, because he's never said that. Now, it'll probably mean that I'll get a whole grapefruit instead of half a grapefruit, and I'll be <laughs> gutted and pretend to be happy. With a candle on it. With a candle on it. Yeah, but I, I've got big expectations for this afternoon. But here's the point. I'm going round for tea. It's my birthday dinner. Jesus wants to have breakfast, lunch and dinner with me today on my birthday. And he wants to do it tomorrow when it's not my birthday. For all of us who are wretched, pitiful, poor, blind and naked. It's amazing. In the Gospels, here's another one, we see that Jesus moves towards, touches, heals, embraces and forgives those who least deserve it, yet truly desire it. I love that. It's not about deserving, it's about desiring. For all those who came to him, he moved towards them, he touched them, he healed them, he set them free. And I, we have tried to share these truths all over the place. And I wondered, like, I've, I've ended, we've been frustrated at times. Why can't we get this across? This is amazing. And so much more about who Jesus is. And, and I suddenly occurred to me, Again, I forgot, it suddenly occurred to me, we can't do it without the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit who reveals these things. If we try and do it, 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 it it'll never work. And I believe in preaching the gospel, I believe in teaching the Bible, and the Bible is God's revelation, and the Bible reveals. But you know what? It's, 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 it's when the word of God is revealed to our hearts by the Spirit of God. The Spirit through whom the book was written brings the book to life. You know as well as I do that many people read the book and get nothing from it. Many people read the book and get weird stuff from it. It's, it's the Holy Spirit who reveals the truth of this amazing, amazing authoritative word. We are inadequate to get these things across without the Holy Spirit. I just want to mention a few things that he does and then I want to get to the main thing that he does. First of all, the Holy Spirit empowers us to be witnesses. Jesus said in Acts 1.6, wait in Jerusalem until the Holy Spirit comes on you. Then you will have power to be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. We need power to be witnesses. The Holy Spirit 
gives us power for that. Uh, Linked with that, he empowers us with his gifts. And you can read that. I haven't got time to read all this. In 1 Corinthians 12, verses 4 to 7, he is the Holy Spirit, the charismata, the, the grace gifts are gifts of the Holy Spirit. And these aren't badges we wear or trophies we put in a cupboard. They're tools that we use. We need to be empowered with the gifts of the Spirit. The Holy Spirit prays in us and for us. When we don't know how to pray as we ought, Paul says in Romans 8, verses 26 and 27, the Spirit comes and intercedes uh, in us, for us, with us, with sighs and groans too deep for words. When we don't know how to pray... He prays. There's, do you know there's, there's God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. It's amazing when I, whenever I think the, the Son and the Spirit are praying for me right now. Jesus is, is interceding for me from the, a place at the right hand of the Father, and the Holy Spirit is interceding for me from within me. And when I pray, it's about joining in his prayer. He teaches us to pray. It's the Holy Spirit who makes us fruitful. You can see this in Galatians 5, verses 22 and 23. The fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, self-control, and a couple of others. Um, they They are the fruit of the Spirit. He forms Christ in us. Then, uh, and also it's the fruit of answered prayer. In, uh, in John 15, uh, we read uh, verse 16, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should abide. So that should last, so that whatever you ask in my name, I will do for you. That's a work of the Spirit. That's a work of the Spirit. Um, uh, he brings us joy instead of sorrow. Uh, Jesus says in John 16, verses 5 to 7, um, um, you are filled with grief uh, because because I said I'm going to the Father. Uh, But very truly I say to you, it's to your good that I go away. For when I go, another like me, another comforter will come to you and he will be in you. And what Jesus is saying is it's good for you because right now you're filled with grief. But when he comes as the comforter, he will fill you with joy. He will turn your sorrow in, your, your sorrow into joy, your mourning into dancing, as the prophet Isaiah said he would. There's some of the things that he does, but there's one in particular, one more than any of the others. If, if, if the Holy Spirit has a job description, first item on his job description is he comes to us to reveal the Father and the Son. And it's not just in his job description, it's what he loves to do. It's what gets him up in the morning. The, the thing he loves to do the most is to show us the Father and to show us Jesus. Not that we would know simply in our understanding, although that is important, but that we would know in our experience. We wouldn't just know about him, we would know him. We would know his embrace. We would be able to feel him, if you like. 
we would be able to touch him with our hearts and know his heart touching us. It's about revelation. It's, it's by the spirit we read in Romans 8 that we cry, Abba, Father. We can do, we can do 25 talks on the fatherhood of God and the fact that we are adopted. But unless the Spirit comes and cries from within us, the cry, Abba, Father, and we'll just know about it and we'll have to keep revising it like we do for an exam. There's knowledge that you have to keep relearning, but there's knowledge that lives in you. And the Holy Spirit wants to give us that knowledge that lives in us. Um, Jesus says that said the spirit will take that which is mine and make it known to you everything that is about Jesus the spirit makes known to us that we would know all these things that I've just been quoted quoting all these things about Jesus not just what he did but his heart who he is and so we need to be filled with the spirit we who received the Spirit when we became Christians, because you can't come to Jesus unless the Holy Spirit draws you. We need to be filled with him again and again and again. Paul says to the Ephesians, do not be drunk with wine, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. And, and the, the Greek for being filled is continually filled again and again and again. We need to be filled with him. How do we get filled with him? What is the condition? Is there a condition? There's just one, and I want to read you one more time that one of the quotes earlier. In the Gospels, we see that Jesus moves towards, touches, heals, embraces, and forgives those who least deserve it, yet truly desire it. It's about desire, not deserving. It's not about being good. It's about wanting. It's about wanting. And, and, and sometimes, if we're honest, we say, you know what? I don't want. But then it's okay to say, God, I want to want. Would you send your spirit that I might want to want more of you? And he does, he does. Saint Augustine once said, Lord, you put salt on our lips that, that we might thirst for you. You put salt on our lips that we might thirst for you. That's what the Spirit does. And sometimes the Lord uses circumstances to make us again long for him. Sometimes we get complacent. And so uh, he, he might use adversity you know, in order to give us a fresh longing. Sometimes, he, 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 we, we, frankly, we just get bored. Sometimes life becomes grey instead of in colour. And, and, and then we just know there's meant to be something more. I wonder if the greatest problem in the Western church today, if I'm honest, is boredom. We're bored. And tragically, in the Western church, there's too many of us that are bored with Jesus Christ. 
bored with Jesus? How? How can we be bored with Jesus? Why? Because we've made Christianity about us. And sometimes those of us that are leaders, we've, we've done that. In order to attract a crowd, we've been saying, come to Jesus for you. He'll, he'll bless you. He'll heal you. He'll make things right. He'll, he'll do this for you. You'll get this. You'll get that. Christianity is not a self-improvement program. Christian, Christianity is a death and resurrection program. It's about dying and rising from the dead. Christianity isn't about us first, it's about Jesus. When I became a Christian, I became a Christian because I met Jesus and I read about Jesus and the Spirit revealed Jesus to me and I longed for him. And of course, of course it changes us. Of course it does. But it's where the emphasis is. And we just become bored. We need a fresh move of the Spirit. We really do need a fresh move of the Spirit today. And in a few moments, I want to pray that we be filled with the Spirit again. The Spirit that reveals the Father and the Son. And if you're bored with Jesus, let me tell you right now, he loves you massively. He wants to have breakfast, lunch and dinner with you. He's not bored with you. He's not offended that you're bored with him. He just longs that you would come alive. That's his heart. He longs that you would come alive. When I became a Christian, I just, I, I longed, two months before my 16th birthday, I longed to know Jesus better. And I was told that you could be filled with the Holy Spirit and that the Holy Spirit would, would bring us close, would bring me close to the Father and the Son. And I started praying, Father, fill me with your Spirit. And I did everything. I did everything. I prayed. I longed. I, I asked. I kept asking. I, I repented of my sins. I, I, I went for walks. I prayed in private. I did everything I could. And in the end, I went to this couple who ran this little home group called Mark and Patricia uh, that I was in. And I said, could you pray for me to be filled with the Spirit? And we met in their front room. I will never forget it. We talked. Um, I sat on a chair. They sat on a settee. And it was, I was 16. And then they said, we're going to pray for you. They sat there. I sat there. They prayed, Father, fill Mike. Baptize him with your Spirit. And we prayed in silence. They prayed quietly in tongues and I just sat there. And at 20 to 11, I looked up and I said, you can stop praying now. He's come. He's come to me. And I was filled with inexpressible joy. It was suddenly I wanted to burst and it was like it was like I was overwhelmed by waves of love, waves of love. It is a moment I will never, ever, ever forget. And I started laughing before I ever heard that sometimes people laugh when the Holy Spirit comes on them. And it was a laughter of joy. And I remember walking home and I thought I was floating. And do you know, for I don't know if it was weeks or months afterwards, I would just sit on my bed 
and on my own. And I kept saying over and over again, not, oh, Holy Spirit, you're so wonderful. Holy Spirit, I love you. No, I kept saying, Father, you're my Father. You're my Father. You're my Dad. Jesus, you're my Saviour. You love me. Jesus, you love me. Father, you, you're my Father. And I, I kept saying it again. I was, I was overwhelmed. I was mesmerised. And that's why in the end he gave me the gift of tongues because it was like, let's, get you, let's find another way for you to tell this to me. I don't know if it was quite like that, but you know what I mean. And it was like the being filled with the Spirit meant that I fell in love with the Father and the Son because the Spirit showed me deep in my being that the Father and the Son loved me without conditions. And I remember a few months later, I, I remember I was walking down the road, it was spring because I could smell the flowers. And, and um, I was walking down the road and I suddenly became aware of my sin. And I just, as I was walking, I said, Father, I'm so sorry, I've slipped. I've, 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 I've fallen away from my first love. I want to come back. I want to come back to you. And I remember I said, God, I'm so sorry. I, 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 want, I want your presence and there in the street, as I was walking in Kenton, Harrow, as I was walking, the Spirit came on me again. I was just walking along the road and I had to hold on to a wall. And it was like he overwhelmed me again with the knowledge of his love. And that has happened since. Our hearts grow cold our hearts grow cold. We forsake our first love. The Lord says that. And the answer is, he comes to us, to those who desire, or those of us who desire to desire. We need a move of the Spirit in the Western church that is about Jesus, about Jesus, the best fighters are lovers because they have something to fight for. Let's get our eyes back on him. Let's ask the spirit to so fill us. And I believe in the other stuff. Of course I do. But he, he, is, he is the main. Here's a final little quote and I end with this from Dane Ortland. The Holy Spirit turns the recipe into actual taste. I love that because it's another food analogy. The Holy Spirit turns the recipe into actual taste. And we can hear the message of the gospel, the message of the cross, and we can be bored. Yes, I've heard it. Oh, we're not saying that. Can't we go any further? Or we can hear it and it's like by the Spirit, you love me, you're here, you changed my life, I'm safe in your hands, I'm safe in your hands because you are good and you are strong and you are for me, you, nothing will, I, will ever shock you, nothing I say or do will ever make you think, oh, I got him wrong. What a saviour. Along that, 
We long that for us and we long that for you. And particularly for our church, this church that we love, Soul Survivor Watford. We're going to go on adventures. We believe God's told us to reproduce, to have lots of babies. But above all, we want to be a church that loves him, that is excited by him, that is mesmerised by him, that we do everything, that we fight because we love.